but you can achieve great results. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast. To get fitter, stronger, healthier. From our studios in Malibu, California. Through the power of play. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Kearns, and we are here on location at PrimalCon Vacation Tulum at the five-star Dreams Tulum Resort in Tulum, Mexico. And I'm so happy to have Daryl Edwards here, our favorite PrimalCon master of the concept and the lifestyle of play. And Daryl's joining us again for another PrimalCon, came all the way from London, England. Thanks for coming to Tulum, Daryl. You're welcome. Thanks for the invitation. And so we're at the end of our five-day string here, and you have been going crazy the whole time, getting people out of their comfort zones and playing. What kind of stuff have you done with the group here? Um, it's basically introdu- introducing them to a new concept, um, play, but serious play. So uh, for some people, they believe it's kind of frivolous and unnecessary, uh, and it has to be all about hard work. But you can achieve great results. You can get fitter, stronger, healthier um, through the power of play. And you also gave a presentation, which was rare for you, because usually you're outside, in the mix, climbing up walls, climbing up trees, running around in the sandbox. Um, but you also got us into the conference center and talked about some of the specific lifestyle benefits of play. Can you highlight some of those points from your presentation? Yeah, I think it's important for people to see that there is some reasoning and the methodology behind what I, what I do. And um, yeah, the benefits are... <laughs> A wide-ranging, um, everything from you know, um, you know, the, the benefits to your health, to your physical health, to the improvements in by increasing activity, um, the benefits that come in with increased social engagement. So um, it is about participation and cooperation, uh, and kind of team play, um, and also you have a transformation at the beginning, commencing the activity. So you're completely in the moment. You're not just waiting for the activity to finish before you re- kind of release or realize the benefits. You're experiencing that right from the off. Great. And uh, I've noticed when you start with your groups at the very start, and uh, for those listeners, you're, you're a super fit guy. You perform these amazing feats of physical strength, lifting up large people and throwing them around and going basically nonstop for days and days on end and nights on end. But you start out your presentation saying, look, people, I'm a guy who I, I hate working out. I hate uh, doing the, the hard work. So that's why you discovered play. Tell us a little bit about that mindset. Yeah, I, I do hate to exercise. I mean, it, it probably sounds... Uh, um it, it sounds strange coming from a, a person who's trying to advocate more physical activity in our day-to-day lives, but I've realized that um, I want to cater for those who, who have already, um, they've heard the message about increasing activity for health, but they want to know how, and they want to know, know how they can maintain motivation, um, again, through using playful, play-based activity. So I hate to exercise, but I love to play, and I love to move. And I love to feel uh, the benefits, reap the benefits of movement, but using play as, as the vehicle. So I worked in an environment that was all about kind of punishment and hard work and stress. And the only way to kind of get ahead was, was maintaining this kind of competitive edge. And so I took that into the gym, into playing competitive sports. That's what I did all of the time. And there was never really any downtime. And I realized just taking a step back and thinking about play and thinking about how much I enjoyed movement as a child without any structure, without any instruction. Um, I wanted to recreate that now as an adult and then impart that knowledge to adults and to children today. 
Yeah, so if, if anyone were to watch the video or, or see some of the stuff that you do with groups, this wild and crazy stuff which can't even be described on an audio program. Uh, but let's say someone's on their own, and they're maybe in that category where they know they should work out, they have a somewhat commitment to working out, but they don't really love going into the gym and hitting the machines. Let's say they went out to a park, and there's picnic benches there and, and uh, kids' playground stuff. What kind of thing would they do when they get out of their car and they want to do a play experience? Okay, I mean, I, I suppose um, it's a case of, of you have to start off with a playful mindset. You've got to realize that it isn't about equipment in the park. It isn't about, you know, a jungle gym or a park bench. It's about your environment full stop. So you can interact in your, with your environment and choose anything uh, you like, whether it's another human being, whether it's yourself in isolation, you can use any object in a playful manner. And so uh, a fairly traditional exercise like a push-up or a press-up for us in the UK, um, you know, you can do that on the ground, you can do that on the bench, you can do that next to a tree, you can, you know, push the tree, you can climb the tree, you can do a pull-up on a tree branch. I mean, the, the, the possibilities are, are endless. So it's, it's not so much about the physical activity itself, it's about the exploration. It's about using your imagination. And, and that way you don't feel as if it's a nice, based on isolation. You actually feel as if you're interacting um, with an you know, inanimate object, <laughs> but you're still kind of entering that play experience and that kind of flow-based experience. Right. So you're currently working on a book, The Primal Playbook, which we can't wait to have come out uh, later in 2014. But for now... Are there some resources? If I want to open up my mind and open up my fitness approach to be more playful, what would you recommend how I go about uh, learning some perhaps skills or ideas? Um, I'd you know, basically visit my website, uh, thefitnessexplorer.com. Um, there you'll see uh, kind of typical playouts that I do. Um, you'll see what my, my group, uh, my students do in terms of my group sessions. Um, and you also see uh, a lot of the concepts and the ideas you know, in terms of written word, but also in terms of video content as well. So, um, so I have lots of photos, lots of videos, lots of content on my website, and uh, it will give you a flavor for what, for what I do on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, you know, the book is basically going to take whatever's, you know, what's on my website currently and um, refine that and actually give people step-by-step -step instruction on how they can develop that playful aspect of, to, to their life so that, as well as the psychology of play um, and how to maintain motivation how to play as a family unit how to play as a um, as adults you know older generation younger generation how we can we maintain that playful state from kind of uh, cradle to grave let's talk about motivation for a second because that's a big one for the average fitness enthusiast that has that somewhat level of motivation to join a gym go frequently, maybe have periods of time in their life where they're stressed and they start falling off, their motivation wavers. How would you kind of get them to spark back up to, to re rediscover their love for movement? Um, yeah, <clears throat> I suppose the transformation that occurs through play is based on immediate participation. So the second you commence playing, um, you want to continue. Uh, for most exercise activities, it's, it really is the end goal that provides the benefit for that individual. Um, and, and so it's difficult then to face an hour, two hours, 30 minutes of an activity that you feel is gonna be about punishment 
um, and about uh, regimen and about inflexibility. Um, it's difficult to, to confront that on a daily basis, even though you know it's going to be really good for you to undertake that. Uh, so, again, taking it back to play, it means as soon as you participate, you're either going to laugh, you're going to have fun, you're going to, you're going to be totally, completely in the moment, and you almost forget about the, the physical difficulties that you're kind of undertaking, um, and you're just focusing on the enjoyment, and you're focusing on the fact that this is actually great to be able to do something I may ne never have done before, <laughs> but I'm going to continue to do this, and I'm going to continue to enjoy what I'm doing. Great. So let's say you're uh, a runner used to putting in your miles and going out there and knowing you got a six-mile run tonight or what have you. Uh, what about a different idea to, than your usual run? What would be something that would generate a great workout effect and make it more playful? Um, yeah, if I was going to go on a six-mile run, I would, uh, I would ditch the, you know, the headphones um, and the playlist. Um, I'd have a look at the environment that you probably kind of ignore because you've done the same kind of trail or same kind of run the, run the same streets for, for years. Um, I'd look at the environment differently, you know, notice the lampposts, you know, the, the, the benches, the fences, um, anything that you can feel uh, that you can interact with on a, on a, you know, on a safe basis <laughs> um, without causing any kind of criminal damage. Um, um, th that's how you kind of want to approach this. So, you know, you might run for 100 meters, you might kind of um, crawl for another 100 meters, go for a sprint. Um, you're not looking at kind of steady state. You're looking at what can I possibly get up to f within this six mile, uh, you know, within the six miles of, of kind of play. What, I, what can I possibly do within the six mile kind of play uh, ground? Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> it's not a six mile run, it's a six mile playground. Anything goes. Yeah, anything goes. Uh, what about it's uh, here in March and the continents are uh, dark, cold, windy, rainy, and so you're forced to do your workout at the gym. So you drive to the gym, you got your machines, you got your floor space, the usual typical gym. How can we do something playful in there? Um, yeah, so usually there's some kind of open floor, floor space. So, you know, animal walks or animal crawls are a personal favorite of mine. Um, again, activity you can do by yourself. Um, and it's finding uh, new ways of uh, learning how your body moves, learning how your body responds to different types of pressure, learning how your body uh, responds to different types of balance challenge or kind of mobility challenge. And, um, you know, people can either use that just as a warm-up, as part of their warm-up regime, or just kind of crank up the intensity and continue with those movement patterns and, and complete that as their, as their workout, or better yet, as a, as a play out. Um, so again, you're in a different environment, but the play state is what you create kind of internally. And so you see your environment differently. So whether you're using a kettlebell or Olympic bar or your treadmill, um, I have no issue with going into a, a gym environment and I can still play even using uh, the equipment that, that, I, that I can see within that environment. There, there are no excuses. It's the, the mindset, it's internalized um, play. That's what play is about. You don't teach a child how to play. Uh -huh. You kind of, they have the tools already, inherently. And we just lose that ability as we, as we age. <laughs> we lose the ability by, almost by choice, and we, we have it, it's still inherent to us. We just have to reawaken that. Yes, yeah. It's almost like being rewired and reconnected to that, to that kind of childlike experience. Right. Um, but the, the, the benefits and the wisdom of being an adult. 
So it's kind of, it's kind of making the best choices we can, um, still reap the benefits of movement. And, um, but yeah, as you say, it's just kind of that reawakening. And it can, it's, you know, we can all achieve that. We can all achieve that. Uh, something, something we notice at PrimalCon is when you get started with your new participants on day one, and immediately in the first two minutes, you ask them to do some things that are probably highly uncomfortable, uh, socially, physically, everything. Like you'll have them partner up, for those of you who haven't seen a, a video in action, uh, partner up, clasp hands, and uh, try, to, try to push each other around or, or have a fake fight with sound effects and all these kind of things. And these people don't know each other. They don't know what's hit them. They've just traveled across time zones in a jet. They wake up and here's this guy getting them out in the park and getting them way out of their social and physical comfort zones. Uh, so that first resistance that occurs at the very start, and you're able to break through wonderfully because you're there in person and you're dynamic and you get them to do it, and the people that are going half, half speed in the back, you call them up to the front to demonstrate the next one. I know all your techniques. <laughs> uh, but let's say the person's uh, going back to the listener who's out on their own and they're faced with that usual running course that they know they should go and put their miles in. How can they break free from that embarrassment of being seen in public climbing a fence or jumping off a, a bench or something to that effect? Um, find a playmate. Find someone who, who's willing to undertake the same type of activities. And, um, you know, there's, there's kind of the wisdom of the crowds. There's wisdom in, 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 you know, in multiple, having multiple people involved in exactly the same kind of uh, activity. And so the embarrassment lessens. <laughs> and um, that's what I would that's what good I would to get suggest. embarrassed once in a while. It, it is. And, and, and to be honest, I mean, whenever I hold group sessions, um, Adults often stare at us and either are envious that we can be so relaxed about movement and kind of almost be doing anything when it comes to enjoying ourselves when it comes to movement. Um, but more, it, more fascinating than that is watching children who will literally stop and stare. They will ask their parents why they're not performing these type of movements. Um, they will ask their parents if they can actually join in. Um, so you realize it, it's, yes, some of the movements may be embarrassing. You may be invading someone's personal space. Um, but it's good to touch people. It, it, it's, um, it's good to have, to have laughter and, and to be, have a jovial experience with movement. And so, as you say, it's, it's fairly easy for me to break down the barriers because people get this immediately. You know, if they're willing to actually, you know, to hold hands, even though they don't know what's coming next the first few seconds, they, they kind of get it. So I've never experienced anyone kind of backing away going, oh, no, no, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do this. Once they kind of enter that contract, that kind of play contract of, say, holding hands for a particular game, they get it. And usually they're happy to do it again and again. So it's, it's you know, I can't even say it's very rare. I've never met any individual who, um, once they enter that contract, isn't willing to see it through. Um, the people that don't want to enter the contract, they're the ones who will never experience it. They'll be the ones that will be spectating. But once you decide to, you know, to commence with the activity, it just works. They know it's good for them. They know they sh they're, they're capable of doing it. They should be doing it. It's more fun and all that. And I noticed that uh, the play session that you conduct at PrimalCon, it kind of changes the social vibe for the rest of the day. Because after you've gone through such an experience with your partner or with the entire group, everyone knows what they just went through. And then there's so much more, there's so much more ease socially and they just bond and connect better over the meal or over the next thing that they're doing, strolling back down to the resort or what have you. So it's a really wonderful wonderful way to 
I think, breakthrough barriers of all kinds in, in groups. You should go around and do it to uh, company work teams and so forth on retreats. For, for sure, because I think one, the, probably the most important aspect of this is the, the group dynamic uh, means that there are people of all shapes and sizes, uh, different backgrounds, you know, male, female, strong, weak, uh, you know, very fit and athletic, you know, couch potato. They all exist within a group setting. And I think the, the most interesting experience of them is to, to, for me to pit the weakest individual with the strongest individual and for them to, and for there, there to be some sort of equalization where they can still both participate in the same activity, both have a training effect and kind of realize that, oh my goodness, you know, I can actually train with someone half my size, you know, 20% of my fitness capability and we can still enjoy this movement and we can still benefit from it. So I think for somebody who's very fit and athletic, it changes their approach to, to activity because they realize it isn't just, I don't have to face someone who's better than I to improve. I don't have to um, compete with another individual to, to improve. I can actually gain improvement um, whilst enjoying it and incorporate another individual and share and sharing that experience. For someone who's a couch potato, who has a valid excuse of actually I'm very unfit, I haven't done anything for 20 years, I'm, I'm intimidated by seeing all these fit individuals around me, they can participate for the entire period of the play session and realise they actually do, um, don't have an excuse and they actually don't have to feel um, excluded from, from this play environment. So for me that's the most interesting aspect of, of, of play, it's this kind of social uh, team you know, rather than teamwork, it's team play based environment. So what's an example of, let's say, pairing someone who's much stronger and more fit with someone who's weaker, even a parent and a kid, for example, a, a specific movement or, or, or exercise you could do that would work in that manner? Um, well, I suppose the best uh, kind of metaphor, well, here's, here's a story. I, I was in the park a few weeks ago. Um, uh, I saw two, you know, two dogs were being walked. There was one, one owner of the dog with a boxer. It was basically like a horse, actually, in terms of its size. Uh, and then another dog owner with a chihuahua. And um, the chihuahua was kind of barking, quite aggressive. The boxer kind of looked at the, the chihuahua and said, Don't, you know, what's the point in even trying? You know, if I, if I barked at you, you'd probably, yeah, you'd pass out. Uh, after that kind of exchange, they obviously realized they wanted to play. And so... For the next 30, 40 seconds, the boxer and the chihuahua were basically play fighting, rolling around. The boxer was kind of smacking the chihuahua over, you know, across the face, you know, um, very, very aggressive, but in a, playful, in a playful way. And then they finished the activity. And I suppose the point is the stronger person, or the boxer in this case, um, reins it in, uh, but reins it in enough for the chihuahua to still have a great experience and for them to still continue with the experience. And so it would be the same analogy with, say, I don't know, male, female, uh, father, daughter, <clears throat> young daughter, they can still enter this play state. It doesn't matter what the activity is, it's about creating this a level playing field. That's, that's really what it's about. So again, it's not really thinking about a specific example, it's about generating, creating this equalization where you go, hey, this is fun, you know, and um, you know, life isn't fair, some people are, stronger than others um life isn't fair but we can for this the next five ten you know minutes 60 minutes we can create a level playing field and enjoy this 
So humans can take a cue from the dogs. And I noticed <laughs> at dog parks, they always work it out. The dogs always work it out when they're off their leash and running free. And it might be a little tension at first, but when the, the real tension occurs when dogs are leashed and the owners are stressed about it and they encounter another dog on the street and they're barking and charging at the other dog. But when you take those leashes off and turn them loose on a field, in five minutes, every single dog's there is friendly and comfortable and in a playful state. So yeah, Yes, for sure. Yes, they, they enter that play contract and, and uh, you know, the tails kind of uh, tails down and, you know, they, they play and then it's, yeah, goodbye. May never see each other again, but we had an amazing time. And um, there was no need for that aggression at the beginning, was there? Because wasn't it great? And so, yeah, it, it, it's fascinating. And, and, you know, we are, we are animals. <laughs> and it's good to see that we can be influenced by you know, other animals' behavior when it comes to the human experience. So, yeah, I, I've learned a lot just from that. What, just from watching that, I was like, wow, uh, I can definitely incorporate that. And I, I mean, I've been doing that anyway, but it, it kind of really hit, hit home when I, when I saw that, what was happening there. Yes, um, now you have yeah. the Boxer Chihuahua game that you're going to Boxer. include. <laughs> in so at PrimalCon, we have all kinds of different presentations and, and uh, flavor and variety. And you've gone in the sequence with proper uh, strength training fundamentals where people are out there with the Olympic lifting bar and learning the movements or doing traditional strength training environment and then they go to the play session and I think maybe the first concept for people is oh, okay we're just going to run around and, and, and jump in the air and, and laugh and giggle and this is not necessarily an easy gentle session this can be a highly intense experience that's that six mile run that you mentioned could be the hardest one you've ever done if you're doing sprints and and climbing up fences and jumping off tables but it doesn't have to be it can be anywhere along the spectrum as far as the intensity of the the physical workout yes yes that's a very, i mean it's a very good question and a very good point um yeah it, it's uh you know you 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 want to it's because it's about the experience um, there are times where you want to ramp the intensity up in order to en enjoy that, that moment. So you're playing tag, for example. There's elements of sprinting and kind of bounding and lunging and twisting. Um, um, you know, deceleration, rapid deceleration. It's very, it's very hard work. It isn't easy. Um, um, but yet people want to continue to play that game. Um, so they'll have a little breather. They'll dive right back in and, and play that game. And so there shouldn't be, in my opinion, there shouldn't be a barrier to exercise or a barrier to activity, which means somebody who's, who's been formerly very sedentary for many years um, should be able to participate in one of my sessions as well as somebody who is you know, an elite athlete. And they should both have the, the training effect that they desire from the session. So yes, people expect it to be, you know, a kind of a walk in the park. Um, but it's a walk in the park that, you know, it will go from a walk to a run to a sprint <laughs> to, a, to strength to, you know, focus on flexibility, on, on mobility, on coordination, agility. You know, it, it's, uh, it's about variety. And so for a child playing, they will, you will never see a child decide, let's just go for a run in a straight line for a mile because that's going to be fun. It's just not going to happen. They'll run for a short while and then they'll go, this is boring. I'm going to start zigzagging when I run. I'm going to, you know, run on the spot, but basically do a 360s so I can get dizzy. Um, I'm then going to probably pile somebody on the back and give, have a piggyback carry. 
uh, you know, and what else are we going to do? Um, let's see if I can get two people on my back. Oh, no, I can't do that. So, but yeah, if I play horsey and I go for a crawl, I can probably get two of you on my back. Okay, let's try that. So they're constantly looking at ways to, and using their imagination to ramp up intensity when they need to and to tail it back down when they need to. Yeah, and yeah. the great thing about that is you can apply that intuitive approach to exercise, which is so important that we both talked about in our presentations where you're not programmed, we're not a robot, we're not designed to go do a certain random specific workout on a particular day. On the days that you're tired or feeling lazy or whatever, you can alter your play session accordingly, and then sometimes you can go crazy and, yes. and push your outer limit and break through to new fitness levels. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you just turn that kind of volume level, you know, you, could, you can tweak it as and as when it fits, as, as and when it suits, as in, you know, depending on if you're by yourself with other individuals, uh, depending on what object you see you happen to have in front of you, uh, will change what you're prepared to do at that time. So um, the expectation is, I just want to play. Um, and I suppose to, to, to get a little bit more serious about it, um, I do want to play, but still think about certain fitness uh, you know, parameters and, and attributes. So I still want to get stronger. I still want to get faster. Um, I just don't want to have uh, you know, some sort of periodiz periodization or so some linear... Uh, approach to get in order to build that strength. Um, so for someone who's very strong and capable individual, I need to be able to present an activity or a game where I can challenge their strength and for them to look at me and go, that was not that, you know, he doesn't look that strong, you know, but oh my goodness, he's a, that was a really strong guy. And people are, a lot of people are surprised when I'm pitted with somebody who's kind of twice my size um, and spends a lot of time in the gym and then we perform a kind of play-based activity that is, is about strength and power. Um, and oftentimes I'll, I'll be able to dominate, dominate. And so the principle is, again, I would, I would want that individual to go, oh my goodness, whatever I'm doing, there's always something else that I could be doing in order to improve my strength capability or to increase my speed. So it isn't just about, hey, let's just jump up and down and sing songs and roll around on the ground and isn't that playful and fun? Yes, there's, there, there's a time and a place for that. But there also time, is a time and a place for improving your capability, your physical capability to, to, to face particular challenges that you may never uh, face again. So you want to create that environment where you're saying, right, I do want to get stronger. What, what can I possibly do? All oh, right, I'm not in a gym, I'm in the park, but there's a, a log on the ground. Can I pick that up? Maybe, maybe not. Do I know what the weight is of that log? No, I don't. But I'm going to feel, you know, I'm going to get a sense for my ability and capability of picking that up. Yes, no. Um, ah, the log isn't here anymore. It's been removed. But there's a rock over there. Let's see if I can pick up the rock. I can't pick it up, oh, but I can push it. I can roll it. Okay, good. Let's see if I can get somebody else involved. Two of us can pick it up. So, you know, sometimes the numbers aren't important. Again, it's about the experience. It's about realizing what the body can and can't do and not being cons too concerned about it <laughs> no, either way. Daryl, that's great stuff. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Gracias para escuchar en el Primal Blueprint Podcast de Tulum, Mexico. And here at the Primal Con Vacation Dreams Tulum, wrapping it up on the last day with Daryl Edwards in our makeshift studio here at the resort. And if you haven't experienced Daryl, there's absolutely nothing like his presentation. So I really hope that you can join us at a future PrimalCon. The next one coming up is PrimalCon New York, 
at Mohonk Mountain House, June 5th through 8th in upstate New York. It's a beautiful facility. Check it out on our website, primalblueprint.com. And Daryl, I believe you're joining us there. So we'll look forward to seeing you in Mohonk at the next PrimalCon. Thank you for listening to the Primal Blueprint Podcast. Podcast.